Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 779, recording today on the 15th of November, uh, halfway through. Uh, I'm starting to see way too many Christmas ads, It's I find Christmas, I, I, it doesn't have the allure it used to, so I'm finding it, I want to turn away, I can't watch television at the moment, there's too much, there won't be any Christmas talk on here, um, not yet, anyway, we will probably do a Christmas show. Uh, but this is, uh, this is not the Grinch, uh, the Grinch podcast, this is actually to do with uh, music technology. Although I do my best uh, to be Grinchy, I think it's just my natural uh, resting face. Uh, this is, yeah, we talk about recording, uh, live performance, synthesizers, software, drum machines, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, there's many, any subject that's really cr uh, um, connected to the creation, the recording, the playing and the distribution uh, of uh, music, uh, mostly electronic music, but not always in its entirety. Uh, just want a, a few bit of housekeeping. Want to say thanks very much. Uh, we've got... Um, uh, Wagyu and various other Red Walks. Nice. I think Red Walks had a birthday yesterday. Zoundisk and, and Pendle Stephen. Loads of people in the chat. Nice to see you all. Uh, once again, thanks to um, uh, Wagyu for his uh, manning of the controls for the moderation. Very important job. That's why we don't see so many lonely ladies. Or maybe they've realised there's just no point because we're not interested in their wares. Uh, and that's not uh, calling into question anybody's uh, preferences. It's just a, a business proposition that I'm not personally interested in. I've, I've, I've talked myself into a terrible cul-de-sac there, haven't I? Anyway, let's, uh, let's get on to uh, some, more, some more stuff. Yes, anyway, uh, nice to have you all. So let's get on to our guests. Uh, we'll start over, uh, over here with um, Mr. Yoad Nevo, who is there in Nevo Sound. Certainly a lot better of a uh, acoustic um, pr properties than your last last venue, but I did my best. But it was it was I was fighting a losing battle. How are you, Yoad? Back at back in the back at the helm. Yeah, of the I'm Nive, very well, right? thanks. Yeah, back back in um, rainy London. Um, wow. Yeah, nice to be back at the wheel. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to see it. I, I'm sure uh, busy as ever. Uh, of course, Yoad is a uh, mix engineer, uh, Atmos and production, also consults on uh, a number of software projects or that kind of thing. So uh, I'm sure you've got a full plate alt tabbing between your... That's the beauty of, your, that's the beauty of having a, a, everything in the computer is you can kind of very quickly, as long as your mind can keep up, you can flip between projects, which sometimes is good, you know, doing something else for a bit benefits the other one where you're sort of not when you're not thinking about it you can sometimes come up with a solution that wouldn't have come to you while you're yeah. pouring over it right totally i mean um you know for many years i was mixing on analog desks and uh where you have to keep the setup until uh the artist and the, the management or everyone is is happy and the label and the a and r's until that everyone is happy and they you, you can sign off the mix sometimes it was a matter of like at least two days, some sometimes more, where you keep the studio as is and you can't do anything else. Mm. Um, and these days, I mean, for the past uh, 15 or something uh, years that I've been mixing um, in the box uh, mainly, um, it's great because you can just leave it as it is and move to some something else. And uh, especially for me, where I also develop audio products, plugins and, and such, uh, it's great to to do a mix or to kind of work on something and then move on to developing. And uh, it's a fresh kind of perspective and you don't yeah. get stuck in one thing endlessly and kind of lose your 
perspective. So I really like this way of working where I can spend like two, three hours on one project and then move on to the next, whether it's mastering, mixing or developing or production or, you know, tracking guitars or whatever it is. It's a great time to, to live in, in that perspective. Yeah. Technology and workflows. Well, that's in many ways what what you know what we talk about much of the time, isn't it? I mean, what's all these tools generally help us to do? Um, Robbie, we've got Rob Pericelli, failed muso, uh, journalist, uh, podcaster, lecturer, um, DX seven, a man with a bad DX habit as well. I would say. So you know, have you got DX DX t shirt, DX keyboards? Have you got DX wallpaper, yeah. DX underwear, yeah, underwear? Anything else that we yeah. should know about? <laughs> uh no i don't think so no that's pretty much it yeah it's 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 an unhealthy obsession, on air. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah quite yes there we go yeah. so what's happening with you at the moment then robbie um yeah just busy really trying to juggle day job with the new business and you know writing lots of things that need to be written about and uh, it's all good you know it's, it's going to pay for my new mac early next year um ah. that's, that's on the cards because I'm finding almost on a daily basis that when something gets upgraded, it doesn't support Catalina anymore. And even though I've got a, an M1 uh, MacBook Pro, but my main computer is still on Catalina because that's where it got to, that's where it finished its uh, upgrade life. So, yeah, just lots of yeah. stuff doing and planning for next year, really. Yeah, so. Yeah, well, sounds good. Well, nice to hear it. Uh, and also, we have Paulie Bow, who is there in the studio. Um, is that a different view? I'm start, I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing kind of like soundproof panels and, and Akai samplers. This, I don't think I've seen that view before. Is that something different? And a, and I don't know what that is on it's, the radiator. It's it's probably panned. Socks. I think that's um, socks or something. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's, the camera is panned about 10 degrees to the... Ah, okay. Yeah. Yep, I understand. Right, okay. I do. I do have some sat acoustic panel in though to give the illusion that I know what I'm doing, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is no. I found wall opposite where where I'm speaking to you, but I found yeah. there was still a little bit. I had some panels left, so I put it kind of so there was less back and yeah. forth between the walls because the walls are quite narrow. That. It does that sound. It does. It waves. does sound. A, yeah, it does sound a little less uh, reflective. I think, um, but it's hard to know yeah. for sure because you're very close on the mic anyway. Sure. So, Paulie, you've uh, yeah. actually we should mention this before we get going. You did a great video uh, just posted about autism and music, which is really interesting. I mean, for those of you who think, oh no, I don't want to do that. It sounds a bit heavy. I mean, there are subjects, but it's really if you're a creative yeah. person at all. I recommend you listen to it or watch it because it's got a lot of uh, pertinent stuff in there as well. And uh, very uh, all cool. power to you because I'm sure some of that was quite hard to recount some of your personal experiences. Very honest of you. So do check that out, folks. Sure. I, I, I treated it as like a, another therapy session, essentially, because right. as mental health workers, we have to have a, uh, an amount of mandated therapy. You know, because they have to make sure you're well enough to kind of look after other people. So um, I, I just treated it like that, really, and just you know, um, and let go of of a load of stuff. And it was really good seeing that positive, yeah, um, reflection back at me. You know, some of the things like the the thing that I really uh, was worried about was talking about envy and jealousy because we don't really talk about it. 
as a society because it's seen as this it's almost seen as like a personality defect you know if you're envious or jealous of other people green with envy and it's uh it's one of the seven deadly sins and things like that mm. so i was really really worried but actually people came back and said you know um it's it's understandable which i think is really good and i'm wondering now if there's other bits of us that we are kind of ashamed of in life where we're all actually struggling a bit with them but we don't really talk about them enough you know oh, undoubtedly i, I mean one sure. thing that one thing i will say about it is that the uh I, th I think you know we've also got to bear in mind that without getting too off topic the uh the whole you know the whole envy thing i mean it, it, our entire consumer society and you know our social media yeah. and um reality tv is kind of almost based on avarice isn't it i mean there's no there's yes. no real denying yeah, look, look what they've got yeah i mean there's no real kind of uh, yeah, yeah, can't yeah, get yeah, away yeah. from it so yeah right anyway um, in terms so, of um jollier subjects yes I've okay been I've been, you know, having a quite a fun time with this. You know, I always show show off something in this segment. Yes. And today, I'm going to show you this lovely yellow. Oh, we've got a fader box. Hello. I've got a play fader. Play fader. Play um, fader. Which, and I thought, you know, I'd just mention it because, of course, it's it's a device that I don't think it's quite... Um, I think it's in the late stages of, you know, getting geared up for retail and stuff like that. And there's some new firmware and and stuff like that. And it's been really fun, actually. Two two lots of faders that can send CV and gate and um, and just give you some kind of slightly chaotic or quantized CV for your your modular stuff. Yeah. So, and it can loop the CV, so it's quite fun. So I've had some fun with that. And yeah, um, the the other news is I've joined the 21st century and I've bought a, a more up-to-date computer. So I've now ah. got myself a nice, Ma I've got myself a nice MacBook Air, which is hardly any right. USB ports. So I've had to, to get yes. a dock. <laughs> Someone sent me oh, an yes. unsolicited dock pick. It was day. much like this, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. I think that was, <laughs> was. me. I'll see if I could recreate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Doc pick, yeah. That could be yeah, a show yeah, yeah. title and right there, I think. And the, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, it was great because the caption you said underneath it was like, you know, three USB, you know, HDMI, cool <laughs> love. <laughs> so it was really, really, uh, really funny. So yeah, no, it's it's good, and hopefully that'll allow me to get a bit more, kind of my my finger in the pie you were of more we get more done as well it, you know you'll get more, more done, done because i mean it, yeah they're just yes. faster it, you know less waiting around generally yeah. speaking if you're doing a lot of waiting around for processing it makes sense i mean that's quite yeah, yeah. I, I i mean without again getting too far strain too far into it the i still think sure. that the, the the latest generations are perhaps a little bit I, I think m1 n2 is plenty m3 is seems to be the case the only way you're going to get big speed boosts to spend silly money and you're and um, there's no way yeah. other way of looking at it. the 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 on the, the the system on a chip storage and the system on a chip memory is way 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 overpriced i think and i, I think that's one thing sure that, you know yeah 
it, it's harder to justify and that's the sort of, but it does make a massive difference uh, but it's just there's no way I'm going to spend three or four grand on a, on a computer like that no, when this no, one is working not. fine but I'm glad I'm glad yeah. to hear you got what you needed that's great okay well let's get on to um, <laughs> some topics because there are a number of topics uh, let me see what we got uh, uh, oh no before we did I just wanted to mention uh, if you didn't see uh, the Yamaha DM3 uh, mixer review is out uh, I did an OBX pat flip uh, we obviously got the live 12 preview uh, coming up we've got uh, UVI Synthesology 4 by Tim Cant and the competition winners for uh, the G4 software uh, have been uh, announced so Jacob Baxter Olaf Lambrich and Stephen Mance a uh, couple of you been in touch we're just waiting for the last one and then you'll be getting your prizes and there'll be more prize more competitions coming up later in the year okay right so where should we start well let's start with uh, live i mean it seems to make the most sense because i've just mentioned it let's see if i can uh i'll just get to it uh let me see i'm just looking for that one uh, yeah uh so four i think that's the right button Yep, there's news that live 12 it's not really out is it it's public beta they sort of seem to think that it's not not much will change and uh, it's a big number increment and there are a few changes and mostly with the ui it would seem and it's really interesting because live when it was first introduced was really you know it's a completely unique way of working and now sort of doors are meeting parity people are getting really sort of <laughs> uptight about not having all the same features and whatnot and there are a number of things i mean one of the biggest things with the, the Live 12 is the UI has been changed a little bit. Still not really much in the way of multi-monitor support, but the fact that you can use what is essentially the clip area of the screen can now be used for much larger editing sort of uh, windows and stuff, which, you know, it all seems like, now I'm saying it out loud, it's like, why hasn't this happened years ago? And I, I'm starting to sound a bit like one of the moaning people who said, well, I'm way behind. But I think for many people... The live workflow is the thing that makes it the kind of most uh, the biggest deal, and they but they haven't gone for any kind of major redesigns. I mean, people are still sort of talking about well, I'd like to see more native M1 support, more uh, you know maybe yeah. There's other things that are going on, but there are a bunch of things here, and I don't know. I mean, we're all using live. Um, I guess uh, yeah, do you use live sometimes? I know you're a logic guy uh, generally, but uh, live is you know many people who work in the DAW have. You know, a number. Most people have live as well, or many people have live as well, because it's a great yeah. way to write write into. I mean, what do you use it for? Um, I have to say that for the the music production and mixing work, I do I use uh, Logic, but uh, yeah. for developing, you know, plugins and uh, and audio software, I have to use everything, whatever whatever is needed. So I use Pro Tools a lot, and I use uh, which I'm not a big fan of at all um and um we mentioned last week we mentioned briefly cubase 13 which i think is worth mentioning while we're talking about kind of major door upgrades um mm. i think that the yeah the, the 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 live 12 update is is nice i like them and like you said it's it's basically they're all kind of except for pro tools they're all kind of trying to 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 catch up with uh, with one another and it's good to see you know live is like you also mentioned is mainly for creation and beat making and all that and the um, you know the the session view and and 
and that is which is great. Um, I have to mention Bitwig, which I also like very much, maybe even more than live personally, but live still is is the you know de facto sort of uh, yeah, most it's popular. The big, I mean, it, it's the most popular DAW by quite a long way, and I think that's because yes. I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it just for me um, in terms of mixing, I miss a lot of uh, a lot a lot of features. Yeah. Um, you know, there's in terms of multi-track um, quantizing or sort of editing for for things like drums and and transients and uh, things like flex pitch. Um, and all those things, um, I think it's it's lacking. So I can't imagine myself um, using it for mixing. Also, I can't get over the fact that the the inspector is on the right side. I mean, everyone is on the left, and they have to do it on the right. It's 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 like quite annoying to be to be fair, to be honest. <laughs> um, it, it's just to spite. I can't think of any other way. Um, but. Um, yeah, great, great, uh, great program, and uh, the the new browser is really, really nice. I think it's uh, again, Bitwig did it first, and now Live are catching up. So they kind of, uh, it's a. Yeah, yeah, there is an uh, there is an element of that, isn't there? Yeah. There is an element of that because I mean, as I said, live has always been a, a very different approach, and which is what made it so popular because it's not you can sort of and, and some people don't click. I mean, there are comments in the chat room saying I've never clicked with the workflow, and I must admit I've found the same. And then suddenly I kind of like started to get into it. And if you sort of treat it more like a, a sketch pad, then you can move things out. Robbie, you're nodding your head there. Are you a live user? Yeah, I, I am, but only uh, this year really. I kind of. I'd always dabbled with it, and every time I dabbled with it, it just really frustrated me. I, I was so used to doing things in – I was a Reason guy, or Cubase, then Reason, um, and Ableton just didn't make any sense. It just didn't fit my brain, and I never got anything good out of it. So I just kind of always – I tried a demo when the, new, when the new version came out and just, no, it's still not working, still not working. And then I think it was probably you know, Superbooth when they were showing the, the Push 3, and I went up to one of their little sessions and sat down and and I thought, actually, this does now I'm seeing a few things that actually make sense. And so I, I got it. And all of a sudden it just clicked. You know how sometimes you don't get a band mm. for ages. And as you get older and a bit more mature, you know, and 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 skilled, you, you it just all of a sudden clicks. It's just kind of it's it's like that. And so now I've been using it for, for as, as it is a creative tool rather than a professional audio mixing and although you know lots of people probably use it in similar ways i use it just like you say for creating something very quickly last night i it was the only i tried logic i tried reason and they wouldn't do what i wanted them to do which was take eight uh different midi inputs and record them as eight separate midi tracks easily i just i needed to get this done really quickly Live failed, Reason failed, Reason can only record one track at a time, whatever. And live, I just opened up eight tracks, assigned the MIDI channels, hit play, boom, there it, go. it just did it. And I was just like, mm. wow, I really mm -hmm. like this now. So, you know, it. there's so many different options now with Doors. 
and no single one is going to be perfect for everyone. They all do their own different things. And as Yoad was saying, you know, everyone plays a little bit of catch up because Ableton users have been saying, well, you know, Bitwig have got this and, and Fruity Loops does this and, and we, we'd like some of that. And so they, they put some of that in there. As long as you don't spoil what really makes that application work for you, then it's all gravy. Mm. And as long as you don't charge an absolute fortune for the No, for the I don't think and, it and, will be. I don't think it will be, but No, I've seen the yet. prices, they're not that bad. So it's interesting um that we mustn't forget also one of Live's greatest superpowers when it came out was the live aspect of it. And that's what a mm. lot of pe people, you know, people are using it to perform live. It's not necessarily the same thing as uh, in other, as, as where other doors would traditionally sit. And many other doors cannot be used in that way so easily. I know, uh, um, Paulie, I don't know what you use, yes. actually. I can't remember. You have said, but uh, I, I've completely gone and drawn a blank on it. What's your, what so, DAW are you using? Essentially, oh, I'm mainly a linear door user. So right. Cubase, but also really Love Reaper, and also I think I like the kind of um, the uh, the whole. It's kind of an almost non-commercial kind yes. of. A, it's not really a subscription. It's a pay once you get it forever, and they'll update it forever um, with like discounts for like educational people and stuff. But you can just like try it for free forever, yeah. Which is great for penniless students, you know. Um, and I think uh, if I compare my own um, experience of like university in the early 2000s to now, I think probably penniless students have got a lot more cool options for making music, you know. Um, but yeah. I was I was slightly worried reading this. Will I have anything interesting to say about live because I've never used live? And ah, I okay. did. I was reading the features and I was like, aye, aye. So as a YouTuber now, I'm always looking for cool clickbaity kind of ideas, right? And I stumbled across the new version of Live. It's got some generative uh, MIDI generators. Yes. And MIDI essentially yeah, what that's you a do really is cool you, feature. you pop down some ideas and it kind of maybe suggests things from what you're doing. It, it, it almost sounds like it's another person in the room who goes, actually, why don't we try this kind of thing? It can and be. My yeah, brain... it's, yeah, it's not quite, but yeah, yeah it will. It's it sort of, it'll flesh things out. You can, you, you can get it to generate some chords based on maybe a couple of chords. I'm not sure if the melody yes. works that way, but you can populate the melody... It, and sort of it regenerate it and do conjure up melodies. So mm, yes, maybe there's like a new. But the I thought to myself, I've heard this before, and there's a 1991 piece of software called Super Jam for the Amiga and the Atari ST and stuff like that. That did just that. It you popped some things in, and it kind of generated some ideas around what you were doing. So I thought, wouldn't it be an interesting video? to compare 1991 generative <laughs> MIDI technology to now and, and see what the different results would be. So I'm thinking that that could be a bit of a winner in the future, you know, just trying that yeah. out. Yeah, I think it's on what, the way. What songs I come up with. 
Yeah, I think it's on the way, definitely. Yeah. I mean, they don't. it doesn't work with audio yet, but there's... Uh, actually, uh, just uh, um, uh, Ian J. Cole says in the chat, Reaper is one of, the th one of the few doors that will work across Windows and Mac if a project is stored on an external drive. That's also... Uh, I know I this well. It, I know this well. I think... Yeah, I I think it's Linux as well, isn't it, Reaper? The only thing about Reaper is, yeah, and I use Reaper I so. uh, for some things, is I use it more of an audio editor. If I'm trying to build a session okay. into it, I don't have any templates, you know, and you really do need to template yourself up because you sort of go, right, I want to do this, and you find yourself just sort of... Sure. It's like you've got to paint the studio and decide on the soft furnishings before you play a note, yeah. almost, you know, and so you need to do some of the... You need to do some work before Ground you get work. going, I think, for it to be, yeah, uh, I think that The would other be. thing I had to get used to is that changing the tempo will automatically time stretch all of all of the audio in reaper by default and i don't want that i just want no you have you to know, switch that off yeah well, so you, you have, have to, to switch, switch that off. off but other than that yeah. well yeah yeah of course for some genres and for some experiments that might be useful but f but for me especially because i use reaper for a lot of um mastering and stuff like that yeah um, there's a nightmare if you've got a timeline you bring an audio file in and you just think all right i just yeah, want yeah, to slice yeah, yeah. it up i don't care about it. it sort of suddenly stretches everything to fit whatever the <laughs> tempo was in when you drag it in and it yeah it's not good yeah. but uh, yeah that uh, that needs to, there needs to be a great I'd be big open button to trying out um yeah, I'd be open to trying yeah. out live. You know, see what see what it does. But um, yeah, that's I, I guess that's one of the big. Like yeah, you never know. That's Sorry. one of the big pieces of news for the week uh, there. Okay, right. Uh, next up, let's see what we've got. It's hard to know where to go. We've got well, there's just many, many of them. Um, let's go to uh, the called Chaos uh, Pad because the Chaos Pad is well, it's it's been around for a long time, and now Korg have just um, yeah. Korg have been on a bit of a roll. We've done we've had there were sort of three days last week when they, what I can't even remember what we did last week, but there was another big Korg release as well. So let's just pop that one in now. The drum pads. Oh yeah, the drum pads, the MP. Chaos Replay, which is a sort of, it, I, I think I described it as, uh, imagine an MPC-1 and a Chaos Pad had a Night of Passion. Um, I think actually it's more like maybe an SP-404 when it comes down to the functionality. But uh, we've got, gosh, 128 effects, uh, sampling, recording, looping, uh, MIDI in and out. Live, pro live input processing, very much geared for the DJ by the looks of it. I think initially the one big criticism I would have is phonos on an exp on a pro piece of equipment exactly. that nearly exactly costs 900, that's 950 pounds. That feels like a bit of an oversight. I guess if they'd had to put balance jacks in, it might have been problematic in terms of the shape and the space because most of that's on the outside and just just the, the but that's the thing that immediately struck me as a kind of oops that feels like a bad uh, a bad it, no no it it points to its target market um which DJ, is and, yeah. and I, yeah when i looked at this initially i thought like everyone else oh it looks like an sp404 and a chaos pad have gone away on holiday and had some fun and this is what's resulted from that that holiday affair and it's not it's not an sp404 really it just it, all right, it's got 16 small pads and a screen above. This is uh, a DJ sampler. You connect your, your turntables to it, and everything, you know, all your turntables will have um, RCA jacks on them. You sample your decks. You play you know, samples back. You can sequence those. You can stick out all your effects through them. I, I just don't see it as being for us. And when I say us, you know, the, the, the synthesizer 
community this mm. you know if you want something that does that there's a 404 or you can have a sample trek or uh, an akai of some description um this uh, you know it's getting a lot of flack and i think it's probably because people don't really th- see th- who it's aimed for and it's for me it's 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 clearly a dj thing you look at the size of it you look at the connections on it um yeah i'm talking of connections usb-c for power and then micro usb for data what the heck i mean come on micro usb is is awful that was a silly thing to do and then those those volume knobs at the front you know they'll get knocked off but then i suppose if you place it in a dj rig then there's going to be stuff either side and that's probably not going to be too much of an issue so I, i just don't think it's um it's for us. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I, in its defence, I mean, I've seen lots of vocalists who perform in electronic bands use a chaos pad, oh, yeah. have it sort of attached to the microphone. I know, I think Alison Goldfrapp does. I mean, there are, there, um, but there are loads of people who, who use that, and that makes that slightly problematic because of the whole phono business. And uh, I suppose if I was to be critical, they also call the faders crossfaders. So they call that action mm. a crossfade when it's actually, no, it's just two faders. It's not crossfader at all. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I mean, the Chaos Pad, when it first came out, caused a, caused a real stir because it was brilliant for real. And I'm sure it still is really brilliant for real-time effects. But yeah. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. You know it, it, with that connectivity, I'm not sure how... It's de- it's de- with that it connectivity, it's not getting in. It's not setting foot in my in my studio. I'm afraid, uh, unless the USB, <laughs> the micro USB, can serve as a as a sound card, which I don't think. Yes, it, it can. can. It can. Yes. Oh, it can. So, so if you can work compliant. it as a as a sort of audio device, maybe. I love the effects. Um, it's a great thing to have. I think that together with the drum pad thing that we talked about uh, last MP, week, MPS which 10, is yeah. very, very tempting. Um, the, the, the one thing I don't really get, especially when it aimed at the DJ market, is the price. 950 f- for that. I mean, I think you can get the push and un- push analog or, or standalone or the MPC live and all that for, for less. Yeah. Which which gives you the whole Ableton 12 in in a, in a box without the need for computer, and which you can do or a force, lot more yeah. with. Mm. So I don't really get get the the the, the pricing um, on this. You know, you you mm. can get um, again, like Rob said, um, you know, a machine for studio use as a controller of the machine i still love the the pads on the on the machine i have the i have the machine studio or whatever it is uh, love the pads on it it has all the stuff you know when you when you connect it to to a, a tiny laptop so you can get a you can get a, a machine with all the software and the used whatever m1 mac air or macbook air or something like that for, for that kind of money which would so i yeah, it's a little bit awkward in term in terms of the connectivity and the price. There's something that doesn't sit well with me on that phonos. Come on. Mm. Um, well, I would just like to refer you back to your top tip, which was uh, Phono uh, sw- AV switcher for your analog synthesizers last week. Just, yeah. to, yes, just, just analog, in its defense. But, but some, yeah, but analog synthesizers are not balanced, except for the CS80 and CS70 and, and Jupiter. That's true. You know, they don't have balanced output. So it's just, but when you have something which lives 
in an environment full of USB and power supplies and Bluetooth and all that, you, it has to be balanced. Otherwise, it's just going to be very, very noisy unless you get one of those, which again, it's like a, a kind of a toy thing. What, you know, the, the thing I, I use for my um, um, Continue Mini because it has a... Yeah, so so they have it comes with like a kind of dongle which has a yeah, transformer perhaps. inside or something that isolates yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. But this is not like pro stuff that you that you want to pay almost a grand for. But I think that's a very fair point. I, I know, Paulie, I mean micro USB in yeah. the twenty first century. What the hell? I mean <laughs> we don't even put them on phones yeah, right. anymore. I mean, you know, come no. on. No, they don't. No, that is that was an interesting little gaffe. I think is is it because that's kind of a a Korg standard, or they've got a load of parts lying around? I don't know. But I'm um, pretty sure they released something that has USB C. I mean, the MPS ten has USB C. I'm pretty sure. Sure, so, yes, of course. Good. Maybe they didn't want um, people to mix the power supply and the, you know, the yeah. audio kind of connectivity. So they made it kind of physically so. distinguishable so or why something. Not, why not supply oh, yeah. it with a, um, a wall wall or a brick, you know, and not use USB, so just use a regular barrel plug, you know. It's, yeah. I don't get that. No, it's I, weird. Um, I think it, it looks quite fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know, it absolutely. I, is. I take all of the, I take all of the, the other points, and I do think it's probably a bit overpriced for what it is, nine hundred quid, you know. But it looks quite fun, and if the algorithms are similar to the stuff they've got in, like the Nautilus, and you know the other effects processors, then they're gonna sound really, really good. But yeah, it is. It does seem quite overpriced to me because. The chaos pads never, to my knowledge, were were expensive premium pod products. I've got a KP one, the original, which um, I've had circuit bent, um, and I really really enjoy using that. You know, um, but yeah, it, I thought they were always supposed to be nineties plasticky fun effects, really. So, yeah, I think mm. it'll be a, a, maybe a slightly hard sell at this price point. Um, but, maybe you know, so, it might yeah. take off. There might be a market for this. And as Robbie said, it, it might well, it, just it, not be us. It's interesting, though, isn't it? In the same way that uh, that Panasonic thing, which was like a, a sample playback, you know, that, that got a... I don't know how much market share, but people really swore by it. The, 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 was it the Tor? No, the sure. Torize was the, you know, the, there are other alternatives, and I suppose it's just a sort of alternative way of doing it. And I think the sample playback stuff looks interesting, but again, with quite limited output options. If it had a pair of outputs, even if they were phono, that might be something a bit more useful. And it does have the ability to process live inputs via on a microphone, so maybe that's useful for some. I, I don't know. I'm 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 struggling a little bit, but uh, yeah, it does cost. Sure. It does cost a lot. Anyway, I think it's worth. Uh, it was a, another big release, so maybe we should do. Uh, let me have a look. We'll do. Um, let's do another one. <laughs> ah, well, let's go for. Let's go for. Um, well, we talked about the DAW earlier, and uh, Universal Audio have actually just uh, 
announced that Luna is now free. It used to be given away with uh, only any of the Apollo class interfaces, and now it's a free thing. Yeah. And um, I was just watching back a piece that we'd shot with about three years ago when they first announced it, when they were saying, you can't call it a DAW, it's not a DAW. And now I'm pleased to see in their, in their uh, stuff it says it is. But also, there's a whole load of UA native plugins and deals and all kinds of stuff. So this is boast things. Uh, and this is, so uh, yeah, Empirical Lounge Distress has now made it to native and I think oops I pressed the wrong button there oh no I didn't and uh, yeah and uh, and as well as some of their other classics so there's a lot of they're going hard against their core DSP platform which is kind of interesting and, and sure. I suppose inevitable as things start moving over to the GPU and uh, embedded uh, you know arm chips where it becomes much cheaper and faster and more power efficient we've also got GPU audio who are, who are moving plugins across to super far you know so there's a lot of there's a lot of movement in this space it's interesting isn't it I think Yoad, you were talking uh, earlier because you just got they, they're doing a deal as well at the moment aren't they universal audio you get you can cross go you need one universal audio product and you can buy all 44 which, for, you, which you get for free which you get for free, um, the LA-2A, um, and then I, I bought 44 UAD plugins for 295 quid, which is Jeez, ridiculous. Wow. And, um, you know, I've worked um, for Waves for many, many years, and we did a lot of modeling plugins, and uh, and UAD were always, always our kind of nemesis in terms of uh, modeling. Bec uh, and I was always loyal to to Wave, so I wanted to use our products, which I knew very well because I developed them and um, you know uh, completely stand behind them. But uh, now that I no longer work exclusively for for Waves, it's um, it's nice to be able to to not feel that kind of, uh, oh, that there's the competition or something like that. And to actually be able to, obviously I use them and we compared and we tested them and we, we did a lot of things to them, but I, but now I feel that I'm ready to actually use them as part of my mix sort of, uh, arsenal of, uh, of plugins. And, uh, and th there's, there's some great stuff there, mainly the, the lexicon 224, um, and the Studer A80 or A800 as it is. And, um, you know, a lot of really, really good plugins. Uh, I remember once in, uh, I think it was NAM or something like that. Many, many years ago, I asked the, uh, the sales representative, the UAD sales representative, I, I said, because oh, back then they were just about the hardware and just about the hardware. And I said to him, when are you going to go native? Not are you, just when? And he looked at me and he said, oh, it's not, this is all, this is our kind of uh, philosophy and this and that. And I can understand that because basically you would have to buy a huge protection dongle in, in the form of um, whatever it is, the um, Apollo shark base, yeah, yeah. and all that. But um and now I'm sure there'll be cracks and all that, but it comes with the territory. At the same time, you expand your user base by, I don't know, a hundredfold or if not more. 
Um, I for, for my workflow where I have to to be able to have a laptop which is a, a mirror of my desktop computer, albeit not as powerful, but at least it can run all the sessions or open all the sessions. Um, you know, I couldn't use UAB um, plugins because it came right. with the hardware. And all the other problems that kind of come with it, like bouncing offline, yes, no, latency, all those, all those, those things. And they weren't that efficient. But now I have to say that when I run those native uh, plugins, they run seamlessly. Um, they have to initiate kind of an online registration every time you, you open the plugin, which I think is a little bit unnecessary. Like if I authorize the computer, why do I need to, to connect, you know, to, to yeah, the internet yeah, yeah, yeah. to reopen? That's going to be problematic for some people as well, Adam. It, yeah. It's more, it's more of a, yeah, it's more of a kind of um, BI sort of thing. Um, I, I think rather than so it doesn't benefit the user, it benefits them because then I they know. They probably, I, I suspect the terms. Of, I, I, su I, su I suspect the terms of the license with some of the things that they've done deals with that they get exclusive sort of uh, rights to to emulate is probably that they probably have to have to do a little bit more work perhaps than you know than non-native, uh, which is their which isn't their core, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but all in all, a great bundle. I mean, uh, 300 quid for 44 plugins, it's something like six or seven pounds per plugin, top Jeez. of the range. I think it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's interesting. I mean, a few people also, um, just to, to cover the other part of the topic, a few people, was I think Jim Glue was saying that he was thinking of moving over to Luna's, the DAW, which is unfortunately only uh, Mac uh, still. But I, I remember when three years ago when they first uh, announced it, there was a lot of uh, daily, almost well, sort of weekly, sometimes daily updates to that. I don't know if there, any of you have tried Luna or would be interested in that. I, I think, yeah, um, but yeah, that's an interesting thing. But I think it's a good, it's a good move, isn't it, Rob, to... to, to to just make that free because i mean you, again you're going to increase your user base exactly and i think that's that's probably the reason for it i i downloaded it it looks pretty um and i i was expecting for it to be like super tied to ua stuff and all my other plugins were there and it it looked yeah it looks nice I, i'm not going to spend huge, huge amount of time on it um but because it's free i could try it out but i do, i do think that this this smacks of uh, of UA just trying to broaden their customer base. Here you obviously, go. Here's yeah, a free door. To. Well, obviously, again, it's, it's it's limited to Macs as well. I don't know whether that will ever change. Um, so it is limited to Mac users only. But, you know, he, here's our platform that you can use free of charge. And, oh, look, there's a, a very convenient way to buy all of our plugins uh, within the application. And you get 30 days free of the pro version and then after that, it's like one ninety nine, I think, which again, you know, is up there with Logic in terms of price. So, yeah, and there's some yeah, instruments. It's early days, really. Yeah. Well, the thing that's interesting, Paulie, about that about Luna is if you've got you you got you you've got Luna, you like it, but then there's the Unison section, which is what you can access direct. You don't have to go through the UA console, which a lot of people found a little bit fiddly when in working with it. You can dial in those Unison models, and if you, uh, it, it almost would. 
make sense to have a conduit to encourage people to buy the hardware for those Unison um, modelling preamps, which I think is not, you know, that super low latency and all of that stuff. You know, sure. that's probably something that people might get into as they get more experienced. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, there's this kind of ecosystem thing, isn't there? Um, as uh, Robbie was just saying, it's like when a pusher says the first one's free. <laughs> kind of thing yeah. and they just want to they just want to hook you um i as someone who has a, a bright and shiny new mac sorry if i keep mentioning that um it's kind of tempting to to explore these pathways and do a bit of research and stuff like that i've always heard such great stuff about ua plugs you know but i think the Essentially, yeah, the the hardware dongle DSP platform that they've been tied to has always been a kind of thing that made me go, mm, I'm not, I'm not that, um, you know, in, interested in finding out. I'm not that curious. And now that restriction's been removed, there are a few that I I wouldn't mind, you know, trying out, especially the Lexicon two two four emulation. I'd like to put that up against my real lexicon and do sort of a cork sniffing, you know, connoisseur, <laughs> right? Uh, ambient, ambient chill to see if they've like modelled the the lexicon sound, you know, well. Uh, there's a nice Roland Dimension D, I think, as well. Yeah, chorus. There's a load of stuff. Yeah, uh, emulation. Stuff. So I think it's very, very good, good value. And as someone who has a lovely brand new Mac. Sorry, did I mention that? I'm looking for things to, you know, obviously fill it you up. You want to tax with. it. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, by the way, I just want to... I'm interested. I just want to mention that this deal is only available through Plugin Boutique. So yes, it's not it is, if you yeah, go right. on the UAD website, it's a whole different thing. And even on Plugin Boutique, you have to kind of dig in a little bit before you can you can find it. Maybe I sent you the, the link... Nick, maybe yeah. You, I think I, I'll I'll try and put that in the show it's notes. It's hard to, to find. Yeah, I'll try and put that in the show notes because uh, we've got. I think we've got a, a, an affiliate deal with them. So if you do buy that, it would probably help support the site as well. Well, there we go. I, I, but but yeah, it's still it's still well worth. It. I mean, that seems like a good. I'm almost tempted myself, but I just don't really use that many plugins to be honest. So okay, and um, there was another subject here which I, I think we missed last week, but it's still well worth uh, mentioning. So and this is the new Phantom EX update because, well, partly because. It's got added ACB to an existing DSP platform, which is kind of interesting. Mm. Phantom EX, uh, new... So this is sound, and we've got two new pianos, which do sound nice. German concert, uh, I guess Beckstein, maybe? And an upright acoustic. Two new models. There's also uh, um, Jupiter 8 ACB and SH101 ACB, uh, JD800 and Enzyme new models for the Phantom 6, 7 and 8. Uh, as well as the new Galaxius instrument, which is a part of the cloud. This is this is not part of the Phantom deal, but it's it's also worth mentioning. But this looks kind of interesting, and I think what's possibly interesting about this is they've they've stuck 
ACB technology in it. I mean, it just sort of illustrates once again that the Phantom is essentially just a big old Linux box with a custom hardware <laughs> interface and a bunch of DSP. So they've able to do that. And Roland, it's interesting. Roland and the whole Roland Cloud and the integration is becoming much as they in introduce more and more things. It's becoming much more of an attractive proposition. The Galaxius is essentially a four-part. So they call. I love this. They call it massive sonic superclusters called scenes. I think that. <laughs> Whoever wrote that copy should be, for 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 a Roland marketing speak, that is outstandingly good, um, in my opinion. So yeah, but it means you can access all of that cloud stuff, but it only is available to the cloud ultimates. Um, but these two things together kind of just start to merge the whole approach they've taken. It's all starting to really become a singularity, I suppose. And uh, you uh, have you spoken about the cloud before, uh, Roland cloud before? I yes. think you have, Paul. Haven't? Yeah. I mean, it's people who people who use it seem to think it's a pretty it's you know pretty acceptable and pretty good right am i sure i just every time roland releases a new new product now i just get so confused because there's like little bits that each of them have you know what i mean some oh, have yeah. like adb some have like an analog behavior acb adb analog <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, some of Zencore essentially. Um, I I tried out Roland Cloud these last few months um, because I was reviewing the Boss GM800 um, synth pedal, which yeah. also has Zencore. The the kind of um, it does still feel it's slightly like separate teams because it wasn't. Uh, completely seamless between getting Zen core tones off, say my MC 101, isn't really possible to get them into the Zen core VST and then get them into the Boss GM 800. Despite the fact they're all Zen core instruments, it's not quite a hundred percent, you know, um, smooth, seamless yet. But I must say that um, I do like the 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 places they're going with some parts of this update i think enzyme is actually something quite cool for roland I it's don't a wavetable synth think, i think isn't it yeah yeah and it looks i could be completely wrong in saying this it looks quite similar to the wavetable section of the gaia 2 because it's got ah, the maybe, yeah. the you know the envelopes, the X Y envelopes, and the um, the phase modulation and things like that. So uh, I think overall, if you've got one of these and it's your main board, I think it's a very worthwhile update. And I think you're going to have many, many fun hours exploring the sounds. Um, but the one for me which didn't excite me was the JD eight hundred because Roland's put the JD-800 and the JD-990 waveforms in all of the uh, JVXV since the 3080, I think, and the Zencore stuff. So it's kind of already in there to a degree. Um, so the jet's become the general MIDI stuff, almost. <laughs> al almost has. You can get those same waveforms in, like I've got an XV-2020 there, I've got my MC-101, you know, I can get quite a lot of the same, same waveforms and sounds and stuff like that and mangle them with the ring mod that's what i like to do in roland instruments where's the ring mod let's run two waves through it oh let's put it through the booster oh it's very industrial lovely <laughs> that's what it's, i like to yeah do. but um 
it's it's a good update and um the grands are very useful for live work i see this is a very powerful live board essentially um well, yeah, and no, one no, rich. that offers a bit of you know studio yeah, yeah rich who is rich a, is using a man of exquisite taste rich well, they've got. The, I think he said he said I'd love to come on the show, but he's Rich Hilton is currently on tour with Chic, and they've got. I think they've got four Phantoms, and he's updating the OSs into them, or he's going to do one and see how it goes. But they use them live. I mean, it's the the Phantom, the Modi X, the Montage. They're in this kind of echelon of sort of musical directors, live touring yes. keyboards. Yeah. sort of world and they, I, I, I actually they're going to send I think they're going to send a phantom down here for me to check out the new synths so I can at least look at it I, I, I'm oh, not nice. going to go anywhere near reviewing the whole thing because it's like those are the two things I won't review a DAW and a workstation it's just like <laughs> I haven't got enough time to, to, to get in there you you know what I'm talking about to Robin, even read the manuals yeah exactly but yeah. but this this looks i mean both of these things look actually quite interesting and it's a, it, it it feels like the whole roland ecosystem is coming together and it was always mm. when roland launched cloud there was sort of almost nothing there so it was like the thought of paying a subscription for almost nothing felt like ludicrous whereas now there's yeah. a, an embarrassment of riches in many ways yeah i i jumped on roland cloud um pretty soon after it launched i sort of took a while to think about it and i i thought i'll you know stuff it i'll go all in i'll do the ultimate membership or whatever it was at the time and i've been doing it ever since and you know lots of people say oh, subscription this subscription that <clears throat> it's like 189 pounds a year and when you think about how many plugins you could buy for that uh from other you know manufacturers you're probably you know coming to about that that level of expenditure and during that year you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff um, in the Roland Cloud, added to it, such as Galaxius and, and, and other plugins, and so I, I think it's it's pretty good value for money. And because I've been there now for a few years, I've built up my lifetime licenses, so I've got something like sixteen or seventeen lifetime licenses. So I could just drop out now and still have a, a, a ton of really good synth plugins. Um, Galaxius, I thought was um, it's, it's great. Um, it, it's you know it's it's analog lab isn't it for you know, the arteria have or it's main stage mm. for roland um my i went because i knew i knew when it was coming out and i waited up until one o'clock this morning when it launched just so i could have a play around with it and uh, they messed up and you got the instrument then signed in and it said you're not an ultimate subscriber i'm like yeah i am um and it took them about four or five hours to get that sorted out. So hopefully most people in the UK didn't Ouch. experience that, but it was a, a bit of an embarrassment, um, you know, to launch a product and then not, not ha nobody, nobody's able to log in because if you can't Database log in. Database fail. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the other weird thing is that they've released Galaxius as a standalone instrument, not a plugin yet. The plugin is, ah. is coming later and they haven't said oh. when. So you could only use it as a standalone which is odd, um, but yeah, mm. uh, it's it's a nice concept, and you know the, the fact that you can layer up all of these classic Roland synthesizers is is very nice. And I think it's because nice it's essentially a, it's essentially a plug-in host, isn't it? So it's running. Yeah, uh, but yeah, exactly. but Robbie, massive sonic superclusters. I mean, you know, that's all you need to I know. know. <laughs> who, yeah, I mean, who who doesn't need those? And um, yeah, I it's, think it's, we all need those. Good. Well, yeah, and the Phantom. I mean, I've never been a a big fan of those big keyboards although i must say the montage m8x has severely swayed me 
Um, but there's no doubting the quality of that. And the EX upgrade is a good set of features. The fact that they've shoehorned ACB in there is is great. So now there's the potential for some really good instruments because ACB is widely accepted as being sonically superior to the ABM stuff. Um, that's nice. Uh, lots of other, you know, the, the piano sound amazing. And yeah, I'm, they did I, nice, yeah. I'm seriously interested um, now that Rich is updating his. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing his thoughts as someone who is a a diehard. Well, that's all he said. He's in the chat. He's in the, the chat room. He just says, "I think you yes, can accessorize yeah. your JD hundred eight hundred with a pack of Roland Red Goo." So, I, I'm guessing <laughs> if he's got time to post, he's probably it's probably <laughs> gone all right. That, we need to Photoshop yet. that. We need to Photoshop <laughs> ro- just a, a bottle, Roland JD800 and U20 red goo. <laughs> just pouring out the ultimate accessory. Yeah, that would be so that, like, that vintage not, tone. That, that vintage, the vintage <laughs> feel, perhaps, yeah. The vintage Very feel. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I know these kind of keyboards are probably not, don't have much of a place in your specific studio, but I mean, I imagine a lot of your productions will will end up in them in some way if people are taking what you know albums you've worked on out on the road they might well you know the material will pass through them with stems or one shots or you know whatever you know synth sounds of that sort of thing or or through live 12 uh, yeah Ivan. that's right <coughs> but um yeah i mean i don't have any excuse for for getting a phantom even though it looks like something very desirable uh just the keyboard all the sounds all the and when we talk about connectivity you you know when you have like a good kind of workstation with really good converters and balanced outputs and stuff like that it sounds there's something about the sound and the whole it may it it's kind of expensive and you it makes you feel good it's like playing um you know, a Les Paul, a a Les Paul guitar, yeah. or something like that. You know, you feel, you feel the, um, but I do like the, the concept of the cloud thing because you get all the digital stuff in, on your screen. Um, I have to say that from what I hear, the emulation, like the, the, the whatever analog behavior and all that, it, it's starting to sound pretty good like the SH-101 and uh, and those things on, on as well on, on the Jupiter as well. It's starting to sound decent uh, to the point where, you know, like I said, with, with the G-Force um, OBX and OBE, there's, there's a moment where the, the benefits of, of working in the box kind of outweigh the slightly sonic differences to, um, you know, to working on a real analog synth. And that extra two or three percent, and it's getting closer and closer. Um, Speaking of which, on the the UAD thing, there's also a mini Moog Oh, modeling yeah. and the as well which i haven't tried okay. yet i hear it's it's very good and it should be so again that's something that so i'm totally for those uh you know things i do love my analog gear but i use it less and less often 
Um, and in terms of workstation, as as you know, I use uh, Nexus. I use REFX Nexus. Um, yeah, Nexus Nexus Four, which yeah. I love, and I make uh, expansions and libraries for. And I really, really enjoy this this mm. this platform because it's just unbelievably powerful. You know, sixty eight parts with arpeggio sequences, two filters, as many matrix. You know, it's just crazy what the the, the kind of power that it packs. And it's on the screen, and it's recallable, and you can, and it's a very kind of CPU light, and you can open as many as you want. And it comes with, you know, I have the full pack of I don't know, um, two hundred expansions or something. It's ridiculous. Um, so that's my kind of um, yeah. workstation. So the, um, yeah. So the choice. cloud would make sense. Uh, the cloud would make sense to you, really. I mean, in that sense, I mean, yes, it's got, yes, but it's I, got I don't, I don't feel like I, like I really need it. And I think that, you know, I have to be very, very careful with the subscriptions that I, yeah, you know, the well, things I yeah. subscribe to because uh, the services or products, because it's a two hundred here and two hundred here, and I have quite a few already. Um, <laughs> So, and, and once I start, once I use even one plugin in a session, then I have to continue paying the subscription forever. This is my way of thinking because I need to be able to open old projects and the labels are asking for stems and this and, and you never know what you, what you're going to need. So in my view, I know that I'm, and that's kind of what I did with output with arcade that I just, I, I found myself not using it enough. So I kind of suspended or canceled the, the subscription. And then I thought, well, if I need to do something, I can always mm. retrieve it, or always kind of subscribe for a month or something like that. But I can't stress enough um, the, the benefit in yeah. just printing stems for everything, every project, this is my I think most valuable advice I can give to anyone working in, in, you know, in doing what we're doing, any project that you finish, even if you, you, you're going to, you, you say, well, it's not quite finished. Maybe I'll finish it next time. And then I'll print the stems, print the stems almost like at the end of every session, because Yes. So, you know, some old stuff will not open and some new OSs will not yes. support the, the older plugins and stuff like that. Once you have stems, at least you have something, you know. So if someone asks you to whatever, modify something later in five years, in 10 years, in two weeks, it may not work. And, and we're kind of counting on it. Oh, I have the session backed up, so it's fine, but it may not yeah. open. So printing stems is, uh, you know, I, the, the, once you once you load the mix, it will play the same. But if you're using uh, sort of effect sense, reverbs and delays and stuff, you may have a few tracks sent to the same bus feeding the reverb. So you won't be able to separate yeah. it and yeah. things like that. So there are limitations, but at least you have 90% of the flexibility. Um, so I would say that's the, the best way for, for, for backing up and, um, yeah, You've those gone granularly, you're at. Yeah, your, your uh, <laughs> USB drivers just, just crashed, I think, but, uh, we got all I of that up to on, um... the last 10 seconds, but yeah, that's a good, very good philosophy. 
I agree on the stems, you know, because I'm used to... I got used to doing that because I had an underpowered computer for years. So I just I just committed very early in the process to printing stems of VSTs and stuff like that. And then it became my kind of style to treat them almost like samples and, you know, repitch them and add in little pitch envelopes and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I, I print stuff almost as soon as I'm happy with it and then... Yeah, if if something doesn't work, if it doesn't load up, if that plugin, you know, has just lost support for your operating system, then it's not going to be the end of the world. So, Or the online authentication is suddenly not working or you haven't got an internet connection, for instance. Yeah, that's that's one of the... Talking of about Roland Cloud super quick, um, I've been I've been impressed with it. Um, the model that I was most impressed with was the System 100 model. It's really, really good. Um, I, I did my test of patching the oscillator to the filter cutoff frequency to audio rate modulate it, expecting a horrible, you know, aliased <laughs> sound, and it handled it beautifully. So um, that's my pick for my favorite Roland Cloud um plug-in it just sounds really nice and um my uncle brian has a real system 100 with the speakers and you know all of it and the expander and the the ring modern stuff so it's a very fun synth to to yeah, use nice. either in virtual virtual all or real form Excellent. There we go. Okay. Well, I think maybe we'll 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 use that uh, closing closing uh, statement to, to to wrap things up. And there's a couple more uh, 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 topics, but I might we might be able to get um, Mylar in because uh, one of the things was a module interesting modular case. But it's been great having you on. Thank you very much. And only one button malfunction. I think I should. I'm feeling kind of quite <laughs> quite chuffed about don't that at the moment. What, what, I, I, yeah. Don't talk. Yeah. I've still got one more button to press, and that may may or may. <laughs> not work but uh lovely robbie lovely to have you thank you very much for joining us um yeah, thanks you for anything me. coming uh, what's coming up next on uh, on your next synth pro network show pro synth network uh, show. Yeah. sorry beg your pardon so i think yeah we've got one uh obviously every friday um we have got some special guests coming up but i can't say who they are because it ties in with a new release that we're not allowed to talk about um but that will happen towards the end of this month i'm trying to get a few other people on before we finish the year but um yeah there's that and i'm i've got a really really special and quite self-indulgent podcast recording coming up at this weekend which will hopefully be out again before the end of the year we're working hard to Amazing. get that one done um so fingers crossed and if anybody's interested I, I you know i did this seminar at um synthfest about 40 years of the dx7 and i had a ycams system which is a qx1 tx816 and an rx11 um and a dx7 and i played some you know, one of the demo tracks well there's four demo tracks that were available they were only ever available to demonstrators and um you know in-store sales people and I've just put all of those up on to my YouTube channel for people to listen to, to you know, to, oh, to nice. indulge in the cheesiness of 1980s all <laughs> FM. Um, so if you go to the Failed Muso YouTube channel, you can have a listen to those. They're, they're quite Loved good it. fun. Um, so, yeah, have, have a listen to that. But, yeah, there you go. Excellent. That sounds brilliant. And, uh, Paulie, thanks uh, for joining yes. us too. And I guess uh, the, the you're great, probably... The great, by the way, 
Are they? Oh, Thank okay. you. Those charges. Right, some, yeah, yeah. I was only I, I I messaged Robbie only to ask, you know, how he was and what have you. And he thrust these tracks on me. I was like, oh, okay, this is good. <laughs> no, it's it's great kind of guilty pleasure FM synth music. So you know, get your white suit on or whatever, and uh, and perm Keep your hair tie. and have a <laughs> yeah. perno. And um, <laughs> go back to the early, go back to the early eighties. But yeah, nice. um, so I guess I'll use my little segment to just plug my video again, if that's okay. Shamelessly, of um, if you've yes. got any sort of interest in um, neurodiversity, disability, or just creativity in general and motivation and and stuff like that, and also you know life factors like trauma and how how people respond to trauma then please uh, check out my my video all about growing up autistic um and it just if you want to you know one cool thing about the video i remixed the thames television music you know from the 80s and put a hip hop right. beat underneath it so see see if you can spot that when um when you're watching the video cuz it's uh, cuz it's there it's a little nice easter one. egg but yeah, uh, thanks okay. for having me on. It was a, a fun show. Cheers. No problem. Thank you. And Yoad, I'm guessing uh, alt-tabbing back into a five one, uh, uh, an Atmos mix or uh, uh, something, no doubt. Uh, lovely to have you. Um, are you are you busy or are you got some free time? Is there such a thing? I am busy and I enjoy what I do as much as ever. And uh, yeah, mixing a really cool track at the moment. And uh, I have to play some guitars on another track I'm producing, which is always nice. Um, it's kind of annoying sometimes that, you know, I only play eight bars and then I copy them across and, and stuff like that. But at least when I get a vibe on the track, I kind of just play a few takes just to see what it is. But then I usually end up just, you know, homing on on the, on the part. And then it's, yeah, eight bars, eight bars, eight bars. But that's the way it is. Uh, yeah. I have this little thing which I enjoy. It's a positive grid spark, spark go. Oh yeah, which is which is really nice because it's uh, it has decent sounds. The speaker is not great as you would expect. I mean, some of the Bluetooth speakers are sound much better. They have more bottom end and stuff. But it has uh, some really nice amp models and reverbs and effects and stuff, and you control it through your phone, uh, but it also serves as a sound card and you can have all these guitar modeling amps and effects and stuff and you can record through them. So oh, it's, nice. uh, it's like a kind of a pod thing. So it's interesting. The, the, the algorithms are quite good, the, the amp modeling and stuff like that. And, and it's nice, you know, when I want to just jam, I have to to plug in logic and put a track in in record ready and load plugins and stuff whereas with this you just plug the guitar in and you turn it on and you can sit on the sofa and 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 jam which is uh which is nice i'm quite um i'm i'm not using it as much as i thought i would because i don't have much time but i thought i would mention it it's it's a cool little uh um, nice. you know christmas present or something 
Yeah, brilliant. That sounds really good. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm uh, I've been playing with the Osmos recently because, as you know, my uh, my my wrist is getting better, so mm. I can actually sort of manipulate my fingers a bit more easily. Uh, I've been playing with the Osmos. I'm hoping to download the Egan uh, the Egan Matrix to see what what if any sense I can make of it. Uh, but I must admit, I've, I, what I've been doing is I've just been playing, and I tell you what. I, while I was, I have been somewhat critical of the fact that you know it's each preset is like, well, that's what you get. But what it does for your playing, there's something, you know, when you get electromechanical keyboards and it's almost like any two notes or any three notes will sound fine, even if they're not supposed to go together. You get the same sort of thing with the Osmos, where you just sort of, even the grace, the grace notes sound like you meant to play them, even if you messed <laughs> up. It's there's a sort of. It's very, very playable. And I, I was playing around with it earlier where I just put, uh, I, I was using the Noran Mono because I thought, what's it, because it sounds fine on its own, but what's it like with other instruments? You know, I and mean, that's the other thing. So I'll probably do a piece on that before the end of the year. It's going to take me a little bit of time to, before I'm coming, but I want to explore the, um, the editor of that as well, because I think that's where the key to something like this will lie. If we can, if we can get some more presets and start modifying them. Anyway, um, we should probably wrap things up and we have gone a little longer yeah. than usual, but thank you everybody. It's been an absolute joy. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to everybody else. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. We'll See you all next time. That was Sonic Talk, uh, episode 779. See you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye.